Hey y'all, what's going on? It's Jose from Puro Pincho Sports. It's been a minute, I know. Um, for anybody who's wondering like, what's going on, it's just been a bit busy a few weeks. Um, Art had his baby. Uh, Alex has been doing uh, what a new job. So, you know, his schedule's a little off. And then Marco is doing his thing, you know, his internship. So, and I've been just been busy myself as with a, you know, as a husband and a father right now. So, uh, hey guys, well, overall, I'm again, I'll give you a little recap of that. But overall, welcome to Puro Pichu Sports. I am, of course, Jose Garza. Um, guys, I just want to do a quick recap, honestly, with everything that happened last week. I'm not going to make this too long. Um, should be honestly quick, short, just my my personal thoughts on what, you know, happened as far as the NBA trade deadline, uh, UFC 271, and then the Super Bowl 56. Uh, and then just, that's about it. Nothing, nothing too special. Nothing too big here today. Um, so overall, let's just get started with it. All right. So, of course, anybody that's keeping up with the NBA, you know, you know, we've had like some drama going on in Brooklyn. You know, Kyrie Irving isn't playing at home games because he refuses to get vaccinated, and then the government over there has some rules and laws that prevents him from being able to play there. So right now, he can only participate in away games. James Harden has been displeased with that. Because of that, you know, he's requested trade. He's been wanting out. Um, he didn't share the same values of offense, you know, scheme with. <laughs> that's my son in the background. You can tell, busy father. Um, you know, he didn't agree with the James Harden didn't agree with the schemes with uh, Kevin Durant. So they, you know, went a little back and forth. They had different ideologies of it of things. And so overall, James Harden got traded away to the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, for Ben Simmons, who, you, if you've been keeping up, you know, he's been Mr. Drama because he, does, you know, he got in his feels about being in what he feels is a bad environment. You know, Doc Rivers getting after him as a coach should, you know, for not, you know, taking initiative, not taking shots, not being a full participant in practices. Um, and so that, that made a huge change. Now, You've heard Stephen A. Smith, you've heard other people, you know, say, no, oh, well, Brooklyn won the trade or Sixers won the trade. You know, in my personal opinion, if I have to say, like, I think the Nets won the trade. Uh, you get a younger man, uh, younger, uh, hopefully healthier, and Ben Simmons. You get Seth Curry in the trade, so you get some shooting out there. So, overall, you really have, for Ben Simmons, regardless of what you think of him, you have a lot of good shooters around him. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Ben Simmons will be a third option. Uh, you got Seth, you got mid-range assassin, Lamarcus Aldridge. No matter what you think of him defense-wise, he's still a mid, mid-range mid nightmare. Uh, Blake Griffin, if his knees can get him up to dunk, you know, he can shoot the 3-2. Um, so they, there's a really good there. And and then at the same time, you know, the Sixers, they lost. They gave up two first-round picks. So you were trying to get two first-round picks or multiple first-round picks to get Ben Simmons, but Darryl Moore, who has history with James Harden, was – did not mind giving up picks to get his boy James Harden, who you could argue is still good, but not not the same level as Houston Harden, right? Because that man was assassin, sometimes 50-point games, 40-point games, you know. Can James Harden do that, being the number two to Joel Embiid? Because right now he's in his prime for as long as you can get him in his prime. You know, you got Tobias Harris there, you got other pieces. So, overall, I think the Nets won the trade. You get two first-round picks on top of getting a young all-star. My son, sorry. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go. The you know the net won the trade. Um, hopefully we get more into uh, more discussion with me, and maybe I can get you know other basketball export experts, you know, to talk about you know the trade situation with the six and the Nets. Uh, Mavs trade Porzingis away to the Wizards. 
Forza thing is just not the same. Since the injury prior to him getting traded out from the Knicks, he just hasn't been that guy. He just he he's not the unicorn anymore. He's not the special talent. He's real. He's still really good. He still could do you know pull out some games where he can be the guy. But um, it was good for the Mavs to move on from him because he's just he wasn't working well with Luca. It just Luca's a guy, and Porzingis believes he's a guy. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to entail really with you know him and Bradley Beal, uh, Kyle Kuzma there. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but. Overall, I think uh, Mavs got the better deal, especially with getting Spencer Dinwiddle, uh, Dinwiddie, and Davis Bertans. Who, hey man, that's a that's a three point shooter right there. Um, so that's a win for there. All right, uh, Celtics acquired Derek White from the Spurs. Man, the Celtics got a good player, uh, regardless of what you think of him. Uh, great, good defensively, uh, good at the shooting. Um, he will draw in those charging fouls like no other, and just put him. On that same team with Marcus Smart, nightmare. Uh, but the Spurs did acquire some first-round picks with that. Um, well, the 2028 20, uh, first-round pick swap with the Celtics and a 2022 first-round pick. That's for the Spurs, who they are in rebuilding mode. That's a win for them. And then you get a, an older uh, Josh Richardson. That's fine. The man, the man can still play. There ain't no problem there. Uh, Romeo Langford. will probably be riding the bench. Just uh, Spurs, you know, guards. It's too deep, so. All right, uh, Daniel Dice going back to the Celtics. You know, the Rockets get Dennis Schroeder. Should have accepted that contract from the Lakers, buddy. Um, they get Ennis Freedom, uh, which I believe he's going to get released or bought out. Uh, too much controversy going on there. Um, let the man play. He can still play. I mean, Ennis kind of Freedom is, is, is not a scrub. You know, he can still be good as a backup four or five. Um on that one, I'll say Celtics win. You know, Celtics were really active that you know trade deadline, so we'll just move on from that. The Bucks get Ibaka in a four-team trade. They get uh, him, second round pick from Sacramento, second round from Detroit. Overall, the, the this whole trade and with Marvin Bagley uh, the third getting traded to uh, the Pistons is really between those guys. Um, you got Rodney Hood who goes to the Clippers. You got someone like Dante DiVincenzo going to the Kings. Serge Ibaka is a piece of need. You know, to like really help with the four and five um, when Giannis is not is in or out of the game, uh, so that's a really good pickup defense wise. Uh, Marvin Bagley, hopefully he gets his rejuvenation. Um, I know he's had a lot of drama with the Kings, but move him on forward. Move, you know, he needs a he needs a fresh start, and hopefully this is the one he needs. Uh, Montezaro going to the Hornets. <sighs> he's a, he's so small for a center. Um, Power forward, you know, small forward, you know, it's he's he can do a lot. He's he can be a, an animal, but he needs the right guys around him. And I think with Lamelo Ball being there um, to really, you know, pass as a facilitator, you know, he's a shooting guard, but you know, he's one of the guys I'll keep it, you know, keep him close, keep him active for sure, um, as well as uh, Terry Rozier. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Tory Gregg returns to the Suns. Great pickup. For Galen Smith, who goes to the Pacers, who a lot of people have been disappointed about. Uh, Suns trade and on uh, holiday. Uh, I'm just gonna skip up through a lot of these. Uh, the Spurs got a first round pick uh, along with Goran Dragic for Thaddeus Young and Drew Eubanks, and they also gave up a second pick for it. That's a good trade. I mean, they are gonna drop Goran Dragic and they pick up the first round pick. That's good for them. Bow Bow lands the Magics. Um, there's really not too much going on. Sub bonus, uh, we'll bully that for that. That was the eighth. So, Sabonis goes to the Kings. 
someone just needs to get out of purgatory. The King Sacramento, that's purgatory. All right, so moving on, we're going to go with UFC 271. So originally I was going to do it that night or the next day, the review, uh, right before the Super Bowl. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there were some technical issues of where I was watching the fights. Uh, so I uh, wasn't able to watch it cleanly, unfortunately. It was uh, too... It was too sacky. The internet in the area that I was at, it's just, it's not good. It had nothing to do with the, the owners of the house. It's, it's purely the internet, the area, stuff like that. So go, I was able to recap it when I came back home, um, watching it there uh, on my TV. Uh, the Bobby Green fight, fantastic work, um, showing that uh, that he hasn't slowed down, like regardless of his age, you know, he's got that, you know, that grit, you know, he was eating some jabs, but man, he was returning. His crisp boxing was perfection. And so, Nazar Hakbar Ash, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, but dude, um, you know, it's a lesson learned. Um, his boxing needs to be getting more crisper, crisper. Uh, his movement, you know, he just standing still in front of Bobby Green. That's just a bad day. He's not going to have a, you know, he's just not going to have a bad day. Uh, Renato Moicano defeats, you know, Alexander Hernandez here from, you know, the guy from here from San Antonio uh, via some submission, rear naked choke in the second round. I mean, he just caught him clean, and then he just got him right into the choke after he caught him, and then just it was done. Uh, there's really not much to say. Alexander Hernandez, I know he just changed camps and stuff like that, but he needs to be – he's got a lot of talent. You can see it in him, but he's just – he's letting these slip these ones that he can get slip away. So hopefully he can bounce around. Uh, I'll always root for a guy from here, San Antonio. Uh, Jared Cannonier defeats Derek Brunson via elbows. Man, Brunson had him in the first round. Like he was working him. Like, damn. Like Cannonier was in trouble. Holy, well, yeah, you good? Uh, <laughs> sorry, but um, nah, man. And then just uh, you know, Cannonier just started tagging him up. You know, in a second, and Derek Brunson was just looked gas. He looked hurt. Uh, he didn't look. He looked discombobulated. He looked like he was in place for it, and then just to get dropped and then just get wailed by elbows nonstop. And, you know, his Brunson's team tried to throw in a towel, but, I mean, he was already done. The ref tried to stop him. It's just it is what it is. It's just a beautiful match win for Jerry Cannonier because now he gets to contend. He gets a challenge for the UFC middleweight title. Now he can go ahead and take the opportunity to get that crowd. So we'll see how that goes. He should be the next challenger. You never know. Nothing's ever promised until it's signed on the contract. Co-main event, Ty Tuovasa beats Derek Lewis in his hometown of Houston via an elbow. My gosh, these two beat Hemet boys. They're big boys. Just, you know, they're big. They're strong. They're muscly men. And they just went at it, swinging for the fences. There were a lot of times I thought Ty Tuovasa was out, and he just kept throwing hands back. And then he landed some good combos with some good elbows and a nice punch, and then just finishing off holding – the side of the head of Derek Lewis, and boom, one elbow, and Timber just falls down, man. He just – Derek Lewis, oh, poor guy. I mean, to lose back-to-back fights in his hometown of Houston, it's just a shame, man. But Ty Tullos, Tuavasa, sorry, is on a roll right now. He's now number three ranked fighter in the heavyweight division. Um, so we'll see. Maybe like one more win, and he'll get a title shot because – you know, the championship line is still pretty stacked. You still got, you know, the champion, Francis Zagano, who's going to take some time off because of ACL, MCL injury. 
Um, you got supposedly Dana White wants to do John Jones versus Tapia Milchicks for the interim title. And he still got Cyril gone. So, you know, if I'm Dana, you know, I'm going to go with, you know, giving title of us some time off uh, and then booking them maybe for a September, August fight with uh, Cyril gone. Let's book that John Jones uh, Stipe fight. And if, you know, Ngano is not ready yet, that title, be that interim title be defended against the winner of Taivasa versus uh, Gan. And let's go, man. That heavyweight division is, is looking really good right now. So uh, let's see how it goes. So hopefully John Jones will accept the fight if they pay him enough. Hopefully they pay him enough, you know. Uh, we, we've seen a lot of issues, you know, with pay. So hopefully that gets fixed. All right. And the main event, Israel Adesanya defeats Robert Whitaker five rounds. Uh, to all the way to the decision. Um, some judges scored it 3 2. Some judges scored it one judge scored it 4 1. I personally scored it 4 1. Uh, Robert Whitaker just never felt threatening to Izzy. Um, he never felt like he was gonna push him back to the ropes, like really engaging. I felt like Whitaker was point fighting, and unfortunately, point fighting is not enough. It's just not gonna be enough, you know, not against Izzy. Izzy's so multi talented, dude, and. There's that fear that, you know, I know Whitaker probably had, you know, coming off from his first fight with Dizzy, you know, he was he was charging a little more, he was being a little more aggressive, and he got caught and you know, and then he got knocked out. And he doesn't he didn't want to repeat that. But honestly, you have to keep Adesanya on his toes. You gotta keep the pressure on him. You can't just go for the point fighting. Point fighting ain't gonna do anything for him. Um he went for, he was aggressive on the takedowns. He was you know, he took him down a few times, but Izzy got right back up. There was never a time Izzy was threatened, so um, Izzy was pretty much having a sparring match, and I know there's a lot of people like uh, former UFC fighters, former champion, champions, uh, criticizing Izzy. Like, look, man, he just has to do his job. He doesn't have to do anything that puts him at risk. You've seen champions who put themselves at risk and then they lose. You know, what occurs the last example, uh, George St. Pierre when he lost to Matt Serra as an example. Um, you see it a lot. So, if he doesn't feel a need that like he needs to go all 100, then you're not. As an opponent, you're not putting him into that situation where he has to go 100. So that's going to be more on the challengers. I mean, the last time we saw Izzy finish a fight was the Pablo Costa fight. Um, and Costa was hanging around trying to, <laughs> trying to do anything but a fight. You know, so uh, we'll see what happens next. Izzy supposed to be fighting Jared Cannonier next. It should be an interesting matchup. Uh, I think Cannonier will make it a little more... Not threatening, but I think he'll engage more with Izzy. I think he's willing to like eat some shots from Izzy to get it. And sometimes that's sometimes what it takes. Like I'm not saying get a, eat a clean shot. I'm saying take three punches to get that one good one in. Sometimes, sometimes what you need. Um, I think Cannonier is willing to do that, especially now that he's going to get a title shot. Fuck it, you, you might never get a title shot again. You got to go for the fences. So Whitaker's now 0-2 with Izzy. I don't see a third match happening. And Whitaker might have to go up weight class. Or down just to maybe chance for a title, or hope that someone beats Izzy because I don't see a third match. I know he thinks he won the fight, but there's not a third match happening. Like, I'm sorry, there's just not. I'm not. I'm not interested. I don't think the world is interested with him with that one. So, all right, moving on the e the Super Bowl Fifty Six game. Ooh, what a what a interesting game that was. I know. A lot of people reported for the Cincinnati Bengals to defeat the the Rams, but that wasn't the case. It was not the case. The Rams pulled out a comeback because they were down. They were losing uh, going to the fort and stuff, right? So, um, Julian, 
my son. Um, it's it's tough to say, man. I mean, like Joe Joe Shiesty is such a good young talent, man. To get to the Bengals, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, a plus eight thousand in betting to get to the Super Bowl, uh, or to win the Super Bowl, you know, to get them that close, to get them to what it was. The score was twenty three twenty. Um, early on, it looked like the Rams were on the flow. You got the ball to Cooper Cub, you get it to Odell. You're, you know, you don't run the ball very well, unfortunately, against the Bengals. Uh, this match, there was no real run rushing, uh, you know, success for the Rams. But uh, Odell got the first touchdown, and then he caught one more ball, and then after that, it's all she wrote. Unfortunately, Odell would go on to tear his ACL, and that really swung the momentum back to the Bengals because. While there was a lot of three and outs or a lot of short drives, you know, that maybe some people felt the game was a little boring um, because, you know, I've heard that critique. Um, I, I thought it just made it more, you know, tough on the defenses of the show. Like, it gave me a little bit of flashbacks to the, of the Super Bowl 53 matchup between the Rams and the Patriots, you know, where it was more of a defensive battle. Um, and so you see, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, coming up with some different plays, you know, the coaching staff. Uh, Joe Mixon throwing a touchdown pass, you know, and so, <laughs> so, so it made the game a little more interesting in my view. Um, so, overall, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams, man. Um, Cooper Cup MVP. I know a lot of people disagree with that. I actually don't. I think he is the MVP. Um, he caught. He had to work the load that he would have had if you know, you know, extra, you know. Since they didn't have Robert Woods, they didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. in the game no more. Um, Daryl Henderson was being more used as the as a wide receiver too because Van Jefferson wasn't catching some balls. Um, the other receiver, the fourth receiver on the, the fifth receiver, sorry, on the team wasn't really catching the balls. Uh, either he kept dropping them, so it was really more on on Cup and Henderson. So Aaron Donald did. A, did work though. I mean that defense, that that front line, you know, making sure Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, just making sure nothing happened. Um, and man, I, I know for I don't know about the what y'all think for the ones that uh, haven't seen it, uh, but or those, for those who did, what was your thoughts when uh, when Jalen Ramsey fell on the last play that the Bengals drive, and Jamar Chase was wide open, but unfortunately by then Joe Burrow was already on the ground throwing a hail mary pass, you know five. <laughs> five yards to the right, just trying to get the ball out of his hands. But it's insane, you know, if, if that had happened, if that if he had been successful to throw that ball and Jamar Chase goes and they win the game, I mean, it was crazy. I, I think it was a lot of fun. Let's just say that. It was refreshing, you know. We don't. It was the first year we haven't had a uh, Tom Brady in there. We haven't had um, some familiar faces. You know, Matthew Stafford. For all the criticism he's had, um, you know, he finally made it to the big game and he won it, right? Like he was able to pull it out. Um, he threw, he did throw two interceptions. One was his fault; it was severely underthrown in the end zone. The other one was tipped. So, uh, by his own team, by his own uh, player. So that was more on that. Uh, made, that's what made the game real close. So, overall, a fun matchup. We'll see what happens next year. Rams. You know, for giving up all those first-round picks, you know, you got the award you wanted, but it might cost you, right, because you don't have enough cap space to get all these guys, you know, to bring back everybody. Aaron Donald might not come back if Odell's not back, if Von Miller's not back, if, you know, all these other players that he, want, you know, wants to play with. You know, he might retire on top, and good for Aaron Donald. I think he should. If he feels like he's done everything he could for this, you know, league and 
good for him, man. Good for him. He's going to go down as one of the best offenders, if not the best offender in the world. Eh, probably not the best offender ever, but we'll go down as one. Um, Andrew Whitworth, you know, man of the year, now Super Bowl champion, right out to the sunset, man. Eric Weddle, a lot of props to you, man. Tearing, tearing freaking muscles, ligaments in your arm and still playing and going out there and still making a difference for your team. Uh, congratulations. Enjoy retirement again, buddy. Um, Cooper Cup, MVP, dude. I, I don't know how you're not concussed. You got that headshot in at, at the end zone with, with uh... – oh, let me hit touch on that real quick. But Cooper Cup, I'm glad you're not concussed, man. And you look you look dizzy as hell after you got hit. Um, for anyone who's criticizing the Bengals getting robbed from the holding call, y'all remember how the second half started? Right? The Rams got – Jalen Ramsey got hooked by face mask, and, and Higgins was able to go in for a touchdown with no problem. Was it Higgins or Boyd? Eh, it's one of the two. Um, I think it was Higgins. But you know, like you know, there was a, there was a missed call there, and then there was a call that probably shouldn't have been thrown. Whatever. You know, the refs were really a non-factor in this game. And then the other two penalties at the end, you know, that was on Eli Apple. You know, blocking foul, you know, passing inference, all that stuff. That was on him. You know, Eli Apple got smoked on Twitter, uh, social media, like, had a good day with him. So, overall, man, I hope the best for for both teams moving forward. I think uh, Joe, I see Joe Burrow has a bright future. And I heard, I heard for him when uh, he went down and screamed in agony when his knee got uh, twisted. Uh, I don't remember if that's the leg that got injured, you know, with all the ligament damage just a year and a half ago. Uh, hopefully it wasn't, but, I mean, just to kill out there and still keep on playing, trying for a team, great, man. Uh, he still got a tough road, right? FC is going to be a tough monster to, for him to reclaim that title. You know, the Chiefs will still be there. They'll try to get better. They'll, they'll come up with another scheme to try to beat the Bengals. Um, the division still the toughest ones, you know, the AFC North. Uh, you still got the Bills right there, you know. Josh Allen, if he can get them there, you know, it might it's gonna be a threat still. Um, but overall, that's a that was a fun, you know, NFL season. You know, eighteen weeks, seventeen games for each team, and the playoffs. It's just a bit an interesting, you know, fun sports week. And now we're gonna go months without actual football play. Uh, we have you know the NBA All Star uh, weekend right now. As I'm taping this. And then, yeah, I mean, UFC, boxing, there's a lot of things going on right now. Canelo just signed a two-fight contract deal with the zone um, for a rematch with Triple G. I think he's challenging for the light heavyweight title. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, hopefully in the next video, guys, I can get the – or next uh, podcast, I can get uh, some of the guys back. But I know Art with being a new dad, I know that's going to take a while. Like, respect it. Take all the time you need, buddy, with your daughter. Um, but I hope I can get someone someone on board here to help me talk, you know, sports about because doing solo is, uh, you know, almost a no-go for me sometimes. So, uh, but anyways, guys, thank you for watching. Um, follow the guys everywhere on their social medias. Y'all know where to go. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Boyle Beach of Sports. Uh, on Twitter, follow us at uh, Beach of Sports Pod. I am Jose Garza, guys. We are Puro Beach of Sports, and we are out.